Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So we've got to remember that if you were created in God's image and in his likeness, that means you have three parts to you. Everybody in this room, you're here because you believe in eternity. You're here because you believe in life after life. You believe that once you accept Jesus, you are going to go spend eternity with him, and that's true. My mom's in heaven. Many of your people are already in heaven waiting for you. They accepted Jesus. They went to heaven. But you've got to remember, you were created in God's image and likeness, so you were created to live forever, and you have three parts. You are a spirit, right? You have a soul, and you live in a body. People say, no, I'm just a body. Really? No, you've got to be more than that. Scripture says that God has placed eternity within our hearts. We know there's something more than this. There's people out there right now living it up, or you could say living it down, and they're miserable, and they're saying, you know what? I know there's got to be more than this. I know that there's got to be more than Thursday night and, and <laughs> Thirsty Thursdays and the rest of the weekend. I know there's got to be more than this. I know I can't sustain this. I know there has to be more than just me in this body. I'm depressed knowing that this is all there is. There's just work and eat and sleep and drink something and eat something again and do it all over. No, you know what? God created you for eternity. You were created in his image and likeness. I love this that I know for a fact that God did not need us to go on existing. Do you hear me? Now, I'm not going to break your heart this morning or anything, but listen carefully. This is, this is more powerful than you, if you, think, you even think right now. God did not need us, but he wanted us. God did not need us, but he wanted us. And so he said, I'm going to make them in my image and likeness so that they can live forever with me. But then choice came along, right? God loved us so much that he said, I'm going to give them a choice so they can choose heaven or they can choose hell. Your spirit and your soul are going to live on forever, Okay. But here's what I want to distinguish this morning, and Pastor has really been explaining this really, really well, really well. But you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. When you accept Jesus, your spirit is saved, but your soul, you already know. You battle in your mind sometimes, even as a believer, don't you? Some of you battled this morning. Some of you battled last night. Some of you right now are going, yeah, but I don't know. Some of you are having a hard time conceiving that just because you say, how, how, how can the battle be in the mind? Oh, oh, it is. You know it is. That's where success begins. That's where failure begins. That's where, that's where it all begins is in the mind. Say, man, I accepted Jesus. Well, good. Your spirit is saved. You're on your way to heaven. But what about your soul now? What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Let me borrow some people that wouldn't be too freaked out today. Let me see. Yeah, let me get Jonathan, Noe, and Junior. Come on up here. I'm going to go off script. I don't usually do stuff like that. They're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah, you know what? All right, you stay right there. No, we come here. Stand right there. Yeah, this is, this is a good representation. Now, we're going to pretend for a moment. Imagine with me, if you will, right? I need to change my accent. Imagine with me, if you will. It sounds so, more, so much more legit. But this is your spirit, and I chose him to be the spirit because he's a big guy. My mom always loved big guys with kind hearts. I think because none of us were very big, but she liked big guys that would give her a big hug, you know, and they had kind hearts. So Junior 
he is the spirit right here, okay? The spirit lasts forever. Is everybody with me? All right? This is your soul. This is your mind, your will, and your emotions, your thinking patterns, your decision-making abilities, your way of doing things. All right? Your personality is here, okay? Some are like, man, I'm not sure about my personality. Hey, you renew your mind? You renew your mind, your will, and your emotions? You'll start to really appreciate your personality, all right? And the imbalances will start to balance. And this is your body right here. I chose this young man for his acting ability. No, no, I, I chose this young man because he's not going to act this morning. He's not going to be acting, but because he's sharply dressed and, well, Jonathan's not too worried about standing up here. All right? So you have the spirit, you have soul, and you have body. Now, when you accept Jesus, what is saved? Let's try it. What is saved? Your spirit is saved. Man, when you accept Jesus, your spirit, man, is big and strong. That's a, good, that's a good illustration, right? Man, I just came up with it. I know. So your spirit man is big and strong. He's sturdy. Look at him. Like a rock. You remember those commercials? I love that. Chevy, right? I don't know if you drive a Chevy, but maybe you should consider it. I don't even drive one. But anyway. So when you accept Jesus, your spirit man or woman, your spirit person is saved. You are on your way to heaven. But... Your mind, your will, and your emotions, they've still got to be disciplined and trained. Everybody in this room knows we are a product of our upbringing, our culture, and anything that was done to us or around us. Everybody with me? Say, man, I, I don't know why I struggle with that. You were exposed to it at a young age, maybe, or you were hurt, or that's the way dad or mom did it. It's crazy. And your soul, have you ever noticed this? You say, man... Even as believers, you say, man, I, I hated the way mom and dad did that. It wasn't right, or they didn't serve God, and I'm not going to do that. But because you were hurting your soul and you never renewed your mind, you have the tendency to do exactly what they did. Have you ever noticed that? Seen guys and girls my whole life, especially guys, going, man, I'm, I'm acting just like my dad. I didn't like the things he did, but I'm acting just like my dad. He did those things, and they frustrated me, and I'm acting just like him. Or... You accept Jesus, and the transition here, you say, man, my spirit man's all right. He's all right. But then I get into the soul realm, and I go, I'm getting into the Word now, and I'm getting convicted every time I read, and I'm going, oh, wait a minute. That's for me. Don't ever ignore that that's for me in Scripture. Are you with me today? Don't you dare ignore when God points out something to you. Don't ignore it. I've known people who have done it. I've known by the Spirit of the Lord. I've known by talking to them. They'll read through stuff. They're like, yeah, I read it. I'm like, but what did you read? What did you read? Why, why are we still going over this? Like, do you want change or don't you? Right? I don't know about everybody in here, but hey, there's some great aspects to our personalities. And there's some parts of my personality that I grew up, I thought, this is great. But there were parts of my personality I hated. They were weaknesses. And I knew God needed to renew them. I needed to renew those. Let me, let me restate that. I needed to allow God access so he could help me to renew those things. Because this is God's responsibility right here. Your spirit man. Spirit woman. In this case, it's spirit manly man. So that's God's responsibility. He saved you. He promised. He never said, I'm going to save your mind. This is your responsibility. And you know what else is your responsibility? 
this right here. Your body is your responsibility. You can't blame anybody else. And I need to tell somebody this today. Many reasons are just well-disguised excuses. Many reasons are just excuses in disguise. It's a reason. It's legit, maybe. But could you have done better? Yeah, you could have. But my mom, my dad, it's because I was hurt. It's because, no, I'm going to tell you right now, regardless of the situation, and some lives are really tough, and some backgrounds are tougher than others, but God has revealed himself to all men and women. We all have an opportunity to say yes or no to God. We all have an opportunity. And I will not stand before God one day and try and make excuses. It ain't going to work anyway. Can you imagine going to God? Going, yeah, but, and he says, but what about this day? What about that morning you had that choice and this day and this choice and that choice? So here, just to sum this up and let these handsome gentlemen be seated, your spirit is saved when you accept Jesus immediately. But your responsibility now is your soul and your body. Your soul and your body. Man, I got saved. I should, I should be able to put on the muscle now. Mm, I don't think it means that. Right? I got saved. I should be able to just have a perfectly sound mind all the time. No, you have the mind of Christ through staying in God's word and creating good habits. I'm going to get into habits today, okay? I'm going to get into habits today. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. So the spirit of a man or woman, that is God's responsibility. You trust him for that. You're on your way to heaven now that you've accepted Jesus. Praise God. If you haven't done that, well, we'll give you a chance to do that today. Without getting saved, man, you're in trouble because it's heaven or hell. And the only way you get to heaven is by accepting Jesus. So your spirit's saved. Now your soul and your body, that is whose responsibility? Yeah, somebody say, my responsibility. My responsibility. Soul and body. Go ahead and be seated, man. Thank you so much. Your acting abilities. Let's give the Lord a, a clap offering. These guys. Your acting abilities were stellar. John was mumbling something to me about going to the gym or something while he was up there. I don't I know what you mean, John. So my body, man. I was like, John thought I was, <laughs> I was like, John, I wasn't even gonna go in that direction right now, but okay. Yeah, man, I need to get to the gym. Now John takes care of himself. He does a great job. Change begins in the mind. Somebody say amen. The only way you're going to see change is starting new habits. Once you get into God's word and prayer, the basics, the basics, the basics, we talked about those last week, you're going to need to change your habits. So if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Is that right? For better or worse. So let's go to Hebrews 4.12. This verse has been at the forefront for several weeks running now. Because it's so powerful, and let's read through it in the New Living Translation. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. People can say whatever they want, and at some point, either they accept what God has given them to do, or they make an excuse, but no matter what, God has set His standard in the Word. It's there for eternity, and there's no real excuse about it. See, I know what it said, but people do that all the time. Or they just misquote it because they haven't read it, or they heard something on CNN or Fox or MSNBC. I, no, you need to go to the source, straight to the source. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest what? Two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. 
Now, why is this so important? Well, number one, let's put our first point up here today. You can identify problem areas in your life. Identify. Say, man, how on earth can I get new habits? How can I change my habits? I know the habits in my mind and the habits in my body, they're messing me up. Well, even as a believer, do people have bad habits as believers? Yes. Yes. Do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Remember the true definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Remember that? You ever heard that, that quote? Say, man, maybe it'll just be different today. Are you going to do something different? No, I'm going to just do the same. No, no. God has given you his word. It's so sharp, it divides between soul and spirit. And it, it tells you exactly what's going on with your innermost thoughts there. It identifies. So somebody say identify. You need to identify problem areas. You need to identify areas of success. Some areas that in your lives, you're very successful. You ever watched celebrities or famous people that write books? And man, they're great in some areas. There's some that just have a knack for making money. What's the guy's name who founded Amazon? Jeff Bezos? He, he's brilliant at making money, but he's not very good at being married. Some of you say, man, I have a past life. Hey, that's under the blood. Right now, right now, right now. If you're married right now or going to be married in the future, if you're married, are y'all hearing me today? If you're married now or you're going to be married in the future, God has called you to do well at that to the best of your ability. The past is the past. That's under the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Okay? But I mean, there's all these people. They're so good at so many things. But then they fail in two major areas. I've been talking to Dad about this. This is, this is huge. Two major areas they fail in. People that are amazing. They're great at work. But they fail with God and they fail with their family. What good is work? I would, I would rather be the most amazing, most amazing worker at Stripes or Walmart or anywhere and do it to the best of my ability and be a light and make it with my wife and make it with God. Say, man, I don't know, that's not the oil field. You're not, no, I'm... You, you're not hearing me. I would rather do something basic and do it well and do well at home and do well with God. So many people, oh, yeah. And you know how it is among the Hispanic culture? El jale. Amo el jale. For those who don't understand Espanol, jale actually means to pull. Somehow in Mexican Spanish we've called uh, work pulling, like they're working on the railroad or something. I don't know. El jale. Everything's work, work, work. But then what about Junior and what about Mija and what about the kiddos at the house and what about the wife and what about the relationship with God? Where did that go? Since when did that take a back seat? That frustrates me. Work's so important. Can you imagine standing before God one day? People think I'm picking on them because they're Hispanic. No, I'm mixed Hispanic so I can talk, all right? I don't know if you can or not, but we're going to talk about it anyway. And I t I'm speaking for a lot of people, though, not just Hispanics. There's a lot of folks that are good at work, and they're terrible at home with the family, and they're terrible in the things of God. And some folks just can't get any of it right. They don't even work. They're not good with their family, and they ain't good with God. I can just hear my dad saying, let's get them saved and just send them to heaven. <laughs> I don't know if you'd say that, but it sounds like something you'd say, Dad.
But folks that identify so strongly in one area, and that's great. Do good at that area. But can't you allow God to balance it? You say, how do I balance that? Well, you got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Scripture says. you got to be renewed in your mind. If dad was a nut, you don't want to do stuff like dad did, right? You need to forgive him and let him go on. And, and you, if he's alive, have a great relationship with him. If he's gone on and crossed over, you still need to forgive. Somebody in this house, you need to hear me right now. I was not going to go there, but I'm going to go there. You can identify problem areas even knowing if you've forgiven someone who has died already. There are people that are dancing on somebody's grave after they died. And they're still mad at them. And they still hate them. And they say crazy stuff. You need to identify. How do I identify areas of success or problematic areas in my life? God's word. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word. You can say whatever you want. You can live whatever you do. Live however you want. You go back to the word. It'll identify it. I'll prove it to you. Matthew chapter 7 verse 16. Look at this. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. People told me before, no, he's a great Christian. I'm like, why is it every time I'm around him, he's speaking unbelief, doubt, he's grumpy, he's full of the devil, cussing? That's not a believer. No, I'm sorry. Uh-uh. A, a believer believes and a believer acts out their belief system. Now, could they be a carnal believer? Possibly, but what good is that? Because people are watching them, Right? You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? See, I'm going to go out. Can you imagine me telling my wife, baby, I'm going to go out to the rose bushes today, and I'm going to pick some grapes for you. We're going to have a wonderful date tonight. That doesn't make any sense, does it? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Great translation here. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce what? Good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Wow. I didn't come up with that. Don't be too worried. You're in church on a Sunday morning, and you're doing pretty good. Verse 20. Yes, this is Jesus speaking. These are the red letters. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. We've got a tree in the backyard that gives little pears. Say, hmm, baby, that, that must be a grapevine. That must be a banana tree It's giving pears. No, it sounds silly, but people do that. And I don't know who this is for today, young ladies or young men in the house. Mom and dad go, I don't know what it is about them, but their fruit ain't right. I don't want you around that kid. I don't want you dating them. And they go, no, but, but they're sweet to me. Don't make me roll my sleeves up. Because then they'll just be rolled up. But for real, I mean, I'm not going to punch anybody. But really? No, I've heard that my whole life. I don't, something doesn't sit right with me about them. Yeah, but they, they're sweet to me. You don't know them. No, but I know a, a tree by its fruit. How is it many times everybody else can see it except for the one in that relationship? Love is blind. No, lust is blind. Lust is blind. Hurricane hormones and everything else going on. 
And I don't want to be alone. Well, lucky for you, there's 7 billion people on the planet. I bet you don't have to be alone. Yeah, but there's, there's my one true love. Well, mom and dad think they're crazy. Then that's not your one true love. That's your 57th true lust. Let that one go. I don't know who that's for today. I don't even know why I went there. Help me, Jesus. But number one, identify problem areas and areas of success. Say, my fruit's great in that area. I do good at that. I'm good at spending time. But man, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really bad at communicating. Or I'm kind, but, you know, I'm kind most of the times, but then I'm impatient about certain things. You know, your fruit's great in some certain area. Or it's rotten in this area. You ever been able to say that? Man, my fruit is rotten in this area. We had some peaches in the kitchen last week. I almost sang a song to you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. There were two. You're like, what song relates to peaches in the kitchen? It was the song about Dinah. Do you remember that? Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. I don't know why I was thinking of that. But we had some peaches, and they were beautiful. And I got to eat one, and it was perfect. They were hard, 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 and then they went ripe quickly. You know how it is. You ever had fruit like that? It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And overnight, you're like, I got to eat or it's going to be ruined. Well, I ate one of the peaches. It was perfect. But the other peach, I had to pick around some areas that were already getting rotten. You say, that's gross. Not really. The rest of the peach was great. I had, I had it all over my beard and everything. It was great. But I needed to identify problem areas and areas that were good, okay? My fruit's great in that area, or it's rotten in this area. Well, you need to take time in God's Word. You need to talk to the ones you love. You need to talk to God. But the biggest thing is, for renewing your, your mind, is spending time in prayer in God's Word. Real simple. But here's the truth. Most people don't want to do that, huh? They just want to be better. So you got to spend time. you got to take time. Everybody wants to be cut, right? Look good, man, like they've been at the gym. But they don't want to go to the gym, huh? And it's funny. People see someone running down the street, and he or she is cut. I've heard people say this. Say, man, he's, why is he running? Look how good he looks. He doesn't even have to run. You just missed the point. How do you think it got like that? Running. You may have thought it, but you've heard other people say it, right? Oh, man, he's cut. He looks great. He doesn't even have. No, he works out to get that where she gets. You know what I mean? Man, I want to learn to do this. And you got to start somewhere. Let's go to number two today. Point two, start now. Somebody say start now. Why wait? What are we waiting for? People are like, let's wait. Why? For what? When? When can we start? When is the best time to start a new habit? Today. Today, I've heard different things on this. Some say, man, it takes 21 days to start a new habit. Some said it takes, what, 63 days, just different numbers. you got to do this certain thing. All I know is it takes time to start a new habit. And it takes willpower to stop messing with that old, messed-up habit, doesn't it? Start now. New, new habits, better ways of doing things. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6.1. Look at this. This is powerful. As God's partners, I love this verse, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Look at verse 2. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. Is that true for you? Oh, yeah. 
On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is when? Tomorrow. No, now. Today is the day of salvation. There's a saying in Spanish in Mexico years ago. I heard about it in Spanish class. I never forgot it. And it was tomorrow never comes. Mañana nunca viene. Tomorrow never comes. Say, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Ah, you know, I'm going to start that tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to do less sugar tomorrow. Today we feast. I'll do less sugar tomorrow, man, but today I'm going to have a payday, a Snickers, a Zero. Do they still make Zero candy bars? They do? Zero, they still have them? Did y'all know I'm, I'm a Zero candy bar? White on the outside, brownish, brownish on the inside, just so you know. Amen. White on the outside, brownish. Anyway. People say, I'll start tomorrow. Okay, but will you? Everybody says things. Scripture says in Proverbs, everybody says what a great friend they are. Man, I'm a great friend. Hey, can you help me? It's because I got some things I got to do. Okay. Today, now, don't wait till tomorrow. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. If you have not been reading your Bible, start today. Start today. We got two different schools of thought on this with me and dad, but it all comes down to the same thing is read your Bible. Your goal is three chapters a day or more. Praise God. But man, if that's daunting to you, start with one. We got weights at the house, man, and there's some workouts. It's just me and the video screen anyway, and I got a weight. I don't care how light it is. I don't care because my form is good. Are you with me? I've seen people go in the gym. I'm like, how much do you bench press? 230? And they're all weights falling off the sides or bench pressing down at their stomach. I'm all, what are you doing? What is he doing? Get him out of here. Put a mask on him. Get him out of here. Or take his mask off. I don't know what. I got a 50-pounder, but you're killing yourself. Get a five and do your form right. I've seen people, and they want to do a lunge. This has been one of my worst things to do is a lunge. I hate those things. Do y'all hate lunges, anybody? I want to lunge away from lunges. I hate them. But what does it matter if I got a 50-pound weight and I'm not doing it right? I'm all crooked and my spine's crooked. I'm hurt. Get a five-pounder and do good at that. Say, I don't want to start reading my Bible because they said you got to read three chapters. Read one for the sake of all of heaven. Start today. Read one chapter today. And not just anywhere. Start in a book. Pastor says the best place to start is in Genesis. I agree, but many people, they flake out by the time it's Leviticus time. They go to Leviticus and like, man, I had a commitment, but they're sacrificing doves <laughs> and goats. My advice, my advice, not pastors, my advice is start in the book of Matthew or the book of John and read a chapter a day till you're done and then we'll talk again. Okay? Start somewhere and finish it. Don't start somewhere and just start somewhere. You get it? Say, man, I started working out, man, and I... But I was discouraged. It was only a five. But you were working out. I did, I did, my foot's been hurting for a while. And it's healing in Jesus' name. But I was using a weight yesterday to do a certain exercise. And I'm like, it's just me 
and God and this video screen, well, and my wife walking around, but hey, that's fine. I, it's hurting my foot. I'm not going to just stop. I put the weight away, and I still did good form on the exercise. Say, that doesn't mean nothing. Really, you should try 50 push-ups. No weights, just you. Body weight's a challenge. Say, man, I'm going to just do lunges. Try 20. You got to start somewhere. Is somebody with me today? You got to start somewhere, but start today. Somebody say today. Start today. Verse 2. For God says at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today. Somebody say today. Today is the day of salvation. And hey, I know there's folks in here with all kinds of great habits. We have a mixture of habits. We got folks that wake up early, folks that go to bed early. We got folks in here that pray and read the word, folks that go to the gym. But what do you need right now? What do you need? And I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. What has made others successful, unless it's the word, unless it's the word, that will not necessarily work for me. The word works for everyone. But you got these CEOs that did this and they did that. I'm not impressed. They got a lot of money. Praise God. A lot of those folks that have a lot of money, their kids don't even like them. Let's be real. They failed at home. They were busy making the money, and the kids are mad at them. So let's be real. Let's be balanced. Let's get in the Word. Start today, one chapter. Somebody say one chapter. And don't start in Leviticus, because it'll be your last day starting with a chapter. I promise. Really. I promise. You go somewhere that you can read through and get through. 75% of Scripture is stories, though. So that's, that's very fortunate. We learn through stories, don't we? the way people have lived and what they've done. That is God's perfect word. Get into God's word and prayer, the basics. Say, man, no, what I need is I need this or I need that. Or, man, that's what I need to be doing. No, you need to do the basics. I love this, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. The story of Elijah and Naaman. You guys remember that story? Naaman was the great general from Syria. He came down to be healed. The prophet didn't even go out to see him. All the prophets and his servants said, tell him to baptize in the River Jordan seven times. Dunk himself in the River Jordan seven times. He'll be cured of leprosy. The guy was mad. He said, he didn't even come outside to see me. I'm out of here. And our, by the way, our river in, 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 in Syria or Damascus or whatever, it's way cleaner and better than that Jordan River. And I love what the guy's servant told him. One translation, he says, father. That's a term of respect. He said, father or master. If he had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Just do it in this dirty river. It's not even a great thing. So he baptized himself in the river seven times. He dunked himself. And on the seventh, he was healed. He had skin like a baby. It's crazy how people intimidate themselves. They're like, I accepted Jesus now, but I ain't sharing my faith until it's in front of 30,000 people. It ain't happening, man. And your YouTube page, it's not going to get to 30,000 people if you're not faithful to God first and do what he called you to do. Dad knew a guy like that. He'd sit at the house eating tacos. Kid you not. Knew a guy like that years ago. And he said, "What my first sermon, I'm going to speak to 1,000 or 10,000, and he never did anything. And he was called. He loved God at one point, but he wouldn't get off the ground. It's like me saying, I'm not jogging until I can run 24 miles or 20-something miles for the marathon. No, you start somewhere. Let me give you that last verse. Is that verse over there? I almost didn't do that verse. Zechariah. Let's go to that verse real quick. 
do not despise these small beginnings. It's talking about when they were rebuilding the temple, okay? For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. That's all I'm going to read. That's the only part of the verse I'm going to read because that's for us. Do not despise, don't hate, or reject the day of small beginnings. Say, man, this is nothing. This is five pounds. This is one chapter. This is one church service. Start now, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Bow your heads and close your eyes today. Let's pray. Father, we honor you with all of our hearts. I believe you have spoken to us through your word today. I believe you have spoken, and it is clear, God. No more reasons, no more excuses. You've called us to be renewed in our minds, Lord God, and to start new and good and productive and healthy habits. Our spirit is your candle, God. That's where you've placed your light is within our spirit once we've accepted Jesus. But, Lord, that's up to you. That's your responsibility. But our soul and our body, that's up to us. We make a commitment today, Father, to take care of business where it matters. If there's anyone in this house that says, Pastor Matt, I need to just make sure I'm right with God, would you raise your hand? Those listening to the live stream as well, would you raise your hand? God bless you, Micah. God bless you. Y'all are so courageous. I'm going to pray with you today. You are so sweethearted. God sees your heart, and he's not done with you. Everybody in this house, let's repeat this prayer. Everybody in this house, everybody say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I need you. I've always needed you, but I need you now more than ever. I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. I am right with God. Through faith, I believe. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing, cleansing me of all my sin. I'm sorry. I repent. Make me right with you. Because I believe. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And say this with me. Say, I am saved from hell, from myself, from my bad choices, and from sin. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want everybody to look at me in this house. Wrapping it up pretty soon here. But if there's somebody in here who says, Pastor Matt, I know I need new habits, new habits in serving God or for serving God, okay? In your walk with Him or your walk with others, you know you need new habits, all right? So I want everybody in the house to stand to your feet real quick, and I'm going to pray a prayer over you. Only after, though, you're honest with me and honest with God, and that is you tell me, man, you know what? I need new habits in my life for God and for others and in my personal life. Go ahead and raise your hand if you need new habits, some new habits. God, oh man, there's some honesty in this house. God's doing something in your hearts. God honors that. Did you know God honors humility? God resists the proud, but he gives grace. He empowers the humble to do right. Go ahead, go ahead everybody raise your hands now in Jesus' name. We're going to agree, and I'm going to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. Father, you see the humility of your people, the receptive hearts of your people in this house. It touches my heart. If it touches my heart, God, it does amazing things for your heart because you know that they're reaching out for you, God. 
I thank you that there's new habits and development in their lives. There's new things going on. They're starting a new book of the Bible and a chapter today, and maybe a new... They're already reading the Word. They need to start another book that's godly. They need to start doing something in some certain area of their life. God, almost everybody in this room, if not everybody, you've already spoken to us about starting something new and following through and committing and doing it. I thank you for the power of change through new habits today, God. Godly habits, the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. God, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. New habits, God. Diligence. May we stick with it. And Lord, give us the revelation of staying power. Staying power means I'm going to stay with my walk with God. I'm going to stay connected here. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep worshiping Him. When other things have faded and passed away, I'll still be staying and doing what's right. Lord, we will not go along with the current or popularity or what's cool or socially acceptable. Lord God, we will go with what you've told us to do. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. What are his commandments? Love God, love others. Start a new habit today in Jesus' name. It is the power to change. New habits with God's help. You can walk out your change just the rest of this year. Don't wait till January. Most people don't keep the January, uh, the New Year's resolutions anyway. Start now. Start now. Start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start reading today. Start praying today. Start seeking God today. Start being kind today. Do it today. Don't wait. Start now. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your help. We love you, Lord, because we can't do it without you. We love you, God, for what Jesus did for us. We praise you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today.